0: This episode is brought to you by BTR Nation. BTR is a female founded brand that is on a mission to end mindless snacking with their protein bars with a purpose. Snacks get a bad reputation, high in sugar, ingredients you can't pronounce, ultra processed. But what if you had a snack that checked all the right boxes, a snack with a purpose? Because when we snack mindfully, when we honor our bodies, our hunger, our snackiness, we transform our mindset. BTR bars and chocolate truffle cups are made with no gluten, no dairy, no soy, no added sugar, no corn or rice syrups, no GMOs, no natural flavors, no sugar alcohols, no stevia, no inflammatory ingredients, and no gums or fillers. The cleanest label in the category. They only use ingredients that you can pronounce and adaptogenic superfoods like reishi, lion's mane, and cordyceps.
1: They also taste delicious. I always have the peanut butter chocolate chip bliss bars in my cabinet, and Erica doesn't go a day without having the dark chocolate truffle cups. Besides the many delicious snacks to choose from, we love the story of BTR. Founder and owner Ashley Marie found inspiration in an unlikely place at an unlikely time, at the hospital cafeteria. When both of her parents were diagnosed with cancer, her life turned upside down as she became their caretaker, and her own nutrition began to suffer. Ashley was devouring protein bars when she could, as many of us do, to fit in a meal or a snack. Most of the bars she quickly discovered were filled with sugar. After her parents passed away, she founded a bar brand based on their family mantra, be bold, tenacious, and resilient.
0: If you want to try BTR bars and truffle cups, you can save 20% on your order with code Wellness all one word, at btrnation.com. You can also find this link in our show notes and Linktree on Instagram. Welcome to Courageous Wellness.
1: My name is Erica Stein. And I'm Allie French. And this is a podcast about individual journeys within wellness and how to navigate it all. After Ali experienced a cancer diagnosis in her 20s, and Erica went through a self-love journey, we created a platform to interview real people from all walks of life that have combined all types of practices. From physical wellness to emotional and spiritual, we hear courageous stories and focus on why it's important to share them. We are both certified integrative nutrition health coaches and together with our
0: community are learning to live our most purposeful lives by sharing one courageous story at a time.
1: It takes courage to share these journeys and by talking about them, we aim to destigmatize the process. We want you to be your own health advocate, feel educated and informed on the latest in health and wellness, and empower you to feel your absolute best.
0: And because we want to bring forth a wide variety of stories, the opinions of our guests do not necessarily reflect our own, but we hope the diverse and varied stories will empower you to make the best choices for your own life. So join us as we and our community share our Courageous Wellness.
1: Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Courageous Wellness. We have a fun episode this week with Megan Brown, also known as The Baker Mama, Um, and we talk all about her new book. But before we get into that, we're going to do our weekly updates. And Erica just got back from a trip to New York City. So do you want to kick us off with your update? Yes, I'll give a
0: little recap. I had so much fun. If you've listened to some of our recent intros, I talked a little bit about some of my plans and we just had a total blast. We did, you know, all of the, the fun New York things. We ate a lot of food, like really good Italian food, really great bagels, (laughs) lox. Yeah. Um, all, all the good, lots of Italian food, but so much walking. I think that's what's so great about New York is you walk so much. Like we were doing like twenty, thirty thousand 30,000 steps a day. My friend lives in Brooklyn and I had never spent too much time in Brooklyn and I loved it. We spent a lot of time in Williamsburg and Greenpoint and we went to an amazing Italian restaurant in Williamsburg called Lilia that um, apparently is really hard to get into. So go my friend, but it was, it was one of the best meals of the whole trip. It was just... Wow lived up to the hype exceptional. Um, yeah. And we did like a little Halloween party. I got my vampire share moment. It really came together. I was really pleased. Um, but it was really fun. You know, I think the best part of it is we realized I met, this is my, one of my best friends, but we met in college when we were 18 and now we're 35 years old. And of course, you know, we haven't had this time together probably since before the pandemic, but really, like this type of giggly sleepover fun probably since we were in college or or our early 20s and so it was so nice to kind of get to relive that phase of life again and um, you know just just have fun like we would get in bed and cuddle at the end of the night and like turn on Taylor Swift and different music and just like sing and it was just a blast we made a bunch of TikToks and you know, it was just, it was really good fun and definitely much needed and definitely came home refreshed. I was really homesick. I know I was telling you that I was really surprised at how homesick I am, but, um, you know, I, I, it's a great thing to be homesick, but I really missed my husband and my puppy and happy to be home. And now in like full fall vibes, you know, it was great. So it was great. That's my update. How are you doing? I'm really
1: glad you got that time away. Um, I'm good. So one of my little updates is a, like a wellness hack. I think it's funny because it's been kind of trendy, but I actually tried it and um, shockingly positive results. So um, I actually was originally kind of introduced to the concept of castor oil when we talked with Amy Raup, who is, she's a fertility specialist, but castor oil can be used, um, in the abdomen area for uh help with period cramps, inflammation. Um and I was having some cramping uh that was uncomfortable for the last like I never had cramps, but then like for the last couple of years, I would say, was like at least one day of my cycle, I would feel really inflamed and like had to go for the Advil. And I was like, I just didn't, I didn't want that. So I did some castor oil packs. And with like a warm water bottle um, where you put some castor oil in your abdomen, below the belly button, you can also do some gua sha massage. Um, Amy has some resources if you're interested. Um, And you can do it at any time if you're not in an active trying to conceive window. But if if you are someone who is in that space, you'd only want to do it prior, like between your period and your ovulation, like in the follicular phase. And so I know we focus a lot on hormones on our podcast. So anyway, I was going to try it for my cramping and I did it and I did it one month, like only one time in the beginning of the month. And then when I got my period, zero cramps, like for the first time in a couple Incredible. years. <laughs> and then I did it again this month, zero cramps. And so it didn't take much. Um I did it a few times this month, but I just was like, "Oh my gosh, it's it was life-changing." Uh so whatever it is kind of like broke up any of that inflammation. Sometimes we don't know if we have any endometriosis or whatever might be causing that inflammation and pain. Um highly recommend. So obviously this is not medical advice, but I'm just t- giving you my own experience with it. Yeah. And um, yeah, and there's plenty of videos and resources. Like, definitely seek one how to do it with a professional who but it's it's actually not that hard. You just rub It's a just little... messy. Yeah, it's I... like it's actually less messy than I thought. Like everybody's like, lay it on a towel. And yes, you want to because it's very thick oil, like very thick, but it's not gonna like drip off. No, I've used it when I had
0: arm pain, shoulder pain. Mm-hmm. And I had, you know, I was dealing with all of that. I had someone tell me to to do castor oil packs to, and mm-hmm. it, that it was, they were like, oh, it'll clear it up in like days. <laughs> and it didn't work that fast, but it really helped the pain a lot yeah. at the height of it. And so um, I'm a huge fan of castor oil packs for any type of pain or inflammation yeah. as well.
1: And make sure you find an organic castor oil, yes. um, which you can get anywhere. And it's really not that expensive, too. So, definitely- a glass
0: bottle, too, I was told, like a glass bottle. Yeah. Or organic.
1: like um, you can lay, lead- I think it's like you don't want to use electric heat. So, uh, at least that's so. Amy recommends like a water, like a hot water bottle. I I have it with um, it's like a rubber one that I use, but I use a I put a towel down so it's not right directly on my skin. Um, you know, like the old-fashioned hot water bottles that are kind of like floppy. Yeah. (laughs) Um, but I I've just been told like try not to use it's I mean, maybe on your arm it's fine to use the electric thing, but if you're gonna do it on your abdomen, yeah, that makes sense. Don't plug in. All Um, your little organs. All your little (laughs) organs are down there. And yeah, and it can be a uh, not like a laxative per se, but it can definitely like stimulate (laughs) digestive stuff. So that's just something to be warning warning warning. (laughs) So that's our, our kind of, that's my little wellness, uh, hack update. Um, we have a great episode. Yeah. We have a We have such a good episode today
0: with Megan, so let's get into it. Today, we welcome Megan Brown, also known as the Baker Mama. Megan shares easy, family-friendly recipes, creative food boards, spectacular party spreads, brilliant little bites, and a glimpse into everyday life as a wife and mom of four kids.
1: Megan started the Baker Mama blog in 2012 with a single recipe for peanut butter chocolate chocolate chunk cookies, and now it features hundreds of original recipes, and creative meal and snack ideas that she makes regularly for her family and friends. In addition to the blog, Megan is also a best-selling cookbook author of Beautiful Boards, Spectacular Spreads, and her newest book, Brilliant Bites, released in September. Today, we have a great conversation about Megan's journey in the kitchen, creating recipes, and time spent in the kitchen with her family. We hope you enjoy.
0: Hi guys, before we get to today's episode, we want to share how excited we are to offer our community 20% off their first quarter at Saqqara with code XOCourageous. We have been big fans of the company for years and the Saqqara Life organic meal delivery program is based on a whole food plant-rich diet that includes fresh nutrient dense and delicious ingredients. It's perfect for those weeks you need a refresh or don't have time to
1: meal prep. They also have a clean boutique, which offers delicious food forward, bars, snacks, beauty water drops, and my personal favorite metabolism, super powder, which works to fire up your metabolism, stabilize blood sugar, eliminate bloat and decrease puffiness. The naturally rich low sugar, dark chocolate flavor is perfect for smoothies or simply mixed with coffee and nut milk. I also regularly use the Sakara cookbook full of plant-rich recipes, which you can purchase on their website. Click the link in our show notes to visit sacara.com and use code Courageous for 20% off your first order. We know you will love it as much as we do. Now onto the episode. Welcome again. We are very happy to have you today. You're also known as the Baker Mama <laughs> and, um... Excited to have you and talk about your book and the work you're currently up to. So just to get us started, can you share with our audience a little bit about who you are, your personal background, and how that sort of has led you into the world of um, of like this beautiful culinary content creation?
2: Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. I mean, I fell into it. That's that's where we'll get to um, in the end. But yeah, Megan Brown, also known as the Baker Mom, And I've been the Baker Mama now for 11 years, um, which is a long time and just amazing how much can happen in what is really a short time. So um, I grew up in, well, we moved around a lot, but we settled in Oklahoma when I was in grade school and um, um, grew up there. And now we live in Texas. I am married to my husband, Brandon, and um, my best friend and also a fellow foodie, which is really fun because we get really creative in the kitchen and have a lot of yummy meals um, together as a family. So that's amazing. And then we have four little ones. We have um, a 12-year-old, um, boy and twin 10 year old boys. And then we have a seven year old girl. So they're growing way too fast as well. Um, yeah. So when, when my oldest was about nine months old, one of our friends reached out from General Mills, who owns Gold Medal Flour, and and he had known we met them in business school. And during business school, I would bake and make all these treats, and we would host everyone at our house. We had a 500-square-foot apartment. I say house, it was an apartment. And we would invite as many people who would want to come. It was always an open door, come. We will host football watch parties. We'll host Friday night get-togethers. We will always host. And so we would just do that, and that we became known for that. And I was always anytime there was a party they're like can you bring some treats cake balls cookies brownies whatever so I always would it was just so fun and and so when our oldest was about nine months old he reached out and said hey gold medal flower is looking for an everyday baking blogger um you should apply and I said I just I've never blogged and I don't know how to take pictures of food but I do know how to bake I will say that and he's like I really think you should apply so just figure out how to take some pictures of your recipes and put them on a mock blog and that's your application. And so that's what I did. And I called it the Baker Mama. And because at the time, my oldest son's name is Baker, but obviously I like to bake and he's not really named after that. He's named after a library, long story. Um, So anyway, I, I found out just shortly after that, they chose me And I was shocked because I'm like, I still think they're crazy because I have no idea what I'm doing, but here we go. And so I started creating three recipes a week for them for about two years. And that same day that they offered the uh, position to me, I was feeling a little nauseous. And so we took a pregnancy test that night and I was pregnant, come to find out it was twins, but I was so passionate about this opportunity and so excited that I just powered through like Powered through the pregnancy, powered through the twins. And I just kept going and kept going. And here we are today. So I branched out on my own about two years into that. Um partnership and and took the baker mama. And that way, I was able to share more than just flour recipes. So I was able to share what we were feeding our kids, our babies. I was able to share what my husband and I would entertain with what, and as the kids grew up, what our family meals looked like. And so here we are today. I share all of that. I share' it's everything I share is what we enjoy as a family, with our friends, with our loved ones. And um, it's everything from family meals to snacks, to entertaining. I cover boards, bites, spreads. You'll find that all. at three cookbooks now. Um, And I just take opportunities as they come and as I see fit. So if I'm passionate about it and excited about it, then I want to give it a go and give it a try and see how I can share with the world. That's really what is um, important to me in getting to bring that same joy that we experience here in our home as a family around the table and with food into other homes and hear how much joy it brings to their homes is what it's all about for me.
0: I love your journey. I mean, just so awesome. And the way you talk about it, Um, you know, I know our listeners are listening, but I can see like the joy in your face as you um, share your journey. And it's really cool. And yeah, when you first started talking to, and you mentioned 11 years ago, right? I feel like those were the earliest days of oh blogging and food blogging and how cool that you were able to start at that time and and now you have um I know we're going to talk about your latest cookbook in this conversation in a little bit but I'm curious too just to rewind and go back a little um I'm always so curious especially with food bloggers and home chefs and bakers how what was kind of your food story as um a child or growing up um how did you really like develop this
2: passion for baking and um, how did you start in the kitchen? Yeah, that's a great question. I grew up in a home that does the same. They really, my parents loved food. They loved hosting. There was always a homemade meal on our table we never ate out as the kids, never ate out as kids. I did grow up in a small town in Oklahoma, so there weren't a lot of restaurants to go to, but my mom and dad made our meals pretty much from scratch, every single meal. So I just truly appreciate that there. My parents had a wooden lazy Susan in the middle of their table that they would serve all our meals family style on, and they still have it there today. So, um, now goes to show it really rubbed off on me. I was in the kitchen with them all the time. My mom was actually a home ec teacher. So that even shows you even more how, how much she was into cooking. And I learned how to make, you know, rice, crispy treats in junior high with her in the, in the classroom. But, um, I took on that passion of cooking and and entertaining, and um, my sister, who's two years older, has no interest in cooking. She will go buy everything prepared. She brings the salad from Whole Foods. She'll bring the fruit. Whatever does not require cooking, she is in charge of, and she's happy to do the dishes because she knows that my mom and I um, will get in there and just cook up a storm, so That's where it got started. I, you know, my grandparents all like just everybody loves food in our family. It's everything revolves around it from one meal to the next. And it's fun and and we really appreciate it. And that's the that's what I really my husband and I are instilling in our kids is it's it's not just food. Like it's there, we're we're teaching them how important it is and how blessed we are to have this amazing meal in front of us or these fun treats to get to try. And so it's just a part of our life. Um, and it's, it's, it's consistent. So.
1: Yeah, I love that. And we've talked a lot on this show about cultivating, you know, we're very food positive. We do have Eric and I are both integrative nutrition health coaches, but we have a very food positive view and, and what food can do for us. And including what you talked about a little bit earlier, like The joy that it can bring. And you clearly have a very creative, um, artistic approach to the culinary arts. And I think when you can, especially from a young age, like really become comfortable in the kitchen or at least observe other people in your family, like preparing foods and having that kind of connection to our food, I actually think that can be an incredible, um, component to cultivating a healthy relationship with food and having the appreciation, as you were saying, and also um, really like a component to even health uh, yeah. because of because of the relationship we can develop um, in the kitchen from an early age. So I think it's actually like even an empowering conversation to like get kids in the kitchen, get, you know, even if it's not every night, <laughs> You know, just no, no, some yeah. of the time, yeah, yeah.
2: And that's I talked a lot about that. I was like, our kitchen is always open. It's the heart of our home. We want our kids to come in and help and 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 observe or ask questions and just really get to know it. Some of them do it at different, you know, we go in like a roller coaster. Some are very interested at times, and some just like give me food on the plate. Um, and so, but it, we want them to know that they they should be comfortable and know what they're putting in their bodies. And 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 then we're teaching them about like balance and. Moderation and they we're reminding our kids that the lifestyle that we have with what I do is not normal. It is not normal. You will not know, not every kid comes home to this array of treats that I have tested recipes on all day. Um, but we do get to remind them like you get a bite of this and a bite of that, and you know that tomorrow you're probably gonna get another bite of this and another bite of that. Like that is we're not, you don't have to just just gorge it all at once or be feel like you're never going to get treat, that treat again or that meal again, or whatever that may be. And it's all about balance and getting to enjoy it and appreciate it and, and thank the hands that prepared it and know where it came from. So it's, it's all comes full circle. And um, once we're actually taking those bites um whether we be just having a treat or sitting around a meal as a family.
0: Yeah. It's really cool the way you talk about it too, because I feel like, you know, through the work that you do. But I think, I think this is more common now too, is really like teaching that kind of intuitive eating from a young age, right? Where if you know that you can have, you know, like a bite of something, nothing is like, Ooh, like tab, like you hear those stories of, um, my mom has stories. She grew up in like and everything was off limits home actually. And she would go to her friend's houses and go nuts, right. When she would be there. And that's so common. I feel like for so many people. Yeah.
2: I tell that story all the time, like at birthday party or at a sleepover, you see the kids who are hiding under the table with every bit (laughs) of treat. I mean, they're literally gorgeous, like just hoarding it. And I'm like, that kid doesn't get any sugar. Of course I go and try to, you know, um, change the situation, but, Ours are completely satisfied sometimes at night with three M&Ms. like yeah like, because they know they're going to have a, they're going to get a treat again. Like it's not yeah. the last sweet or treat they're ever going to get. Same with French fries or whatever that may be. That's kind of has this reputation of being a unhealthy food. Right. We really try to say like, that's fine. We can get French fries, but we're all going to share them. We don't need the large French fry that comes with the the burger. Like we just are it's a it's it's a model that we're just trying to teach and that everything is okay in moderation. We want you to enjoy it. We love it too. We we want it too. Yeah. So um you you have to learn that. So yeah.
1: It's yeah, it's really it can be very powerful, I think. And um, and I was thinking too, like as I was going through your book, your newest book is called Brilliant Bites for anybody who is wondering. And it's a 75 amazing small bites for any occasion. So it's sort of like these canapes or you know like these tiny tiny bites but truly for every occasion um you have holidays in there it was it was really fun reading through it and I was just wondering like from this I guess this is more a creativity and artistic question but it's there's just so much variety like even just in this book alone you have 75 different options and recipes how do you you know, you've been doing this for 11 years. How do you find inspiration still to to come up with like these highly creative recipes? Um, do you ever, like I, I imagine, you know, writers get sort of writer's block sometimes. Like in all of the creative arts, we have these ebbs and flows of creativity. And so I'm curious, like how do you find inspiration to create new recipes
2: yeah, that's good. Okay, so my brain never shuts off when it comes to that. And it's it's all, it's very food focused. Like I'm I I can be creative with like I'm obviously I can create a beautiful tablescape for a party or I can create, you know, a cute little thing for my daughter to wear to whatever. If I need to, I'm crafty in that way, but I really channel my creativity toward food and how it's prepared and serving it and I want it to be approachable and I want people to be able to successfully recreate it so that is my kind of brain all the time I have a running list in my phone on my notes probably of 200 recipe ideas And I have to, I I literally have to talk myself out of going to the kitchen to create something like, I'm just constantly like, I want to go and do that, but I have all this other stuff I have to do. Um, and so I, that's just where I'm at. Like I haven't tapped out on it yet. It's, it's not, it's almost to the point of like, I'm just frustrated that I don't have, more time to create more so and then it's narrowing down those ideas especially for a cookbook to bring it all into one I I mean I would have shared 300 if I could have but that's not you know feasible and so that's you know it just I find inspiration everywhere it's just I will see something even just um on a you know at a menu at a restaurant or at a on a tv show that's like oh they you know I'm trying to think of, of a a a good example of one, or I'll see a combination of foods like the steak free Fried bites and brilliant bites. I love steak and French fries together. I think it's just a great combo. My husband begs to differ. He thinks that steak should just be steak and you get your salad and that's it or whatever. Um, but I th- I think that that's just such a party, perfect appetizer when you're not planning to have a huge meal, like a steak dinner. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's stuff like that, that just, I'll see something or taste something and it'll just spark a combination or an idea or a vision of how something should look. And I just want to run with it. And sometimes I can't I literally have to go and run with it. I will, <laughs> if I had an idea right after this, I would go to the store I'd get what I needed. And I'd come back and test it.
0: <laughs> I love that. I mean, your passion, you can feel the passion as, as you share. And, and I think that's really cool. Cause I feel like so many, like it's a big barrier to entry. I feel like in the kitchen sometimes, cause you're like, well, even myself, cause Allie is the cook. I am more of the baker. Like I love to bake and, um, I never actually get sick of baking, but when it comes to like actually cooking, I have like a handful of things that I can make on rotation and then I make them on rotation and then I'm like, Oh, let's just go eat out or let's go get takeout. Cause right. So I, I'm a big user and lover of cookbooks and blogs because I don't have that kind of creativity yeah, and- um, or
2: talent, to be honest. Because I feel like it's such a talent to be able to do this. Yeah, yeah and that's what we're here for. That's like that's what I tell people like, not everybody needs to be a recipe creator. Like, you yeah. don't have that. Take that pressure off yourself. If you're so nervous about getting in the kitchen to make something. Like you don't have to be a recipe carrier. There's so many great recipes and ideas out there that you could then go and recreate and enjoy and be successful and brag about it and take it and own it. That's what I say. Like with all my recipes, I get all these requests for like, you know, substituting ingredients or changing things up. And I'm like, you can do that. Just make it your own. I've mapped it out for you best I can. I've given you my best advice. I'm available for questions, but make it your own. And I, I just, I'm very, very adamant about my recipes being approachable, easy to find ingredients, quick, family friendly, or just fun to make and serve. Yeah. And, it bring, I just want people to have that confidence and serving of like, I made that and look at me and I don't even care if you give me credit or not, just go and enjoy it.
0: <laughs> I love yeah. that. And I was going to say too, like my, um, my favorite t- way to eat, like, I love a little bit of everything. Like mm-hmm. I love, like when you go to a party and so I just love a little bit of everything. And so these bites are like, I think, this is right up my alley personally, and they are so family friendly, but I feel like, um, you know, Ali and I are millennials and I feel like for millennials and Gen Z as well. Um, there's like this nostalgia that a lot of this generation, I feel like has more than any. And so even if you're single, I feel like some of these things, I feel like, right. Like I'm, um, like a jack-o'-lantern mac and cheese bites or, um, Santa hat pancake stacks, or, you know, they're so creative. They're so fun and they're nostalgic. Right. Cause it's like these things that I feel like we really appreciate more. And, and I think everyone just appreciates that kind of joy in these foods, but they are, they're so creative and delicious, but they're not, um, Intimidating, right? It's like you can make these fun things for your
2: friends and family and feel proud of it, like you're talking about. Yes, and anyone, truly, like no matter whether you're I have so many like older people down to little you know, young kids who are enjoying it. So it's truly there's something for everyone and everybody again, it comes back to everyone loves food. Everyone loves to um come together around it. And so it's just a fun way to create and serve it.
1: We want to take a quick break from this episode to tell you about today's sponsor, Odyssey Mushroom Elixir. Odyssey contains 2,750 milligrams of lion's mane and cordyceps functional mushrooms that have been shown to increase brain function, mood, memory, and boost energy. With Odyssey Mushroom Elixir, there's no need to settle for a drink
0: that's full of chemicals and empty calories. The flavors are delicious. There are caffeinated and uncaffeinated options, and I love to use it as a mocktail at parties, as an afternoon pick-me-up. And while I love all the flavors, my personal favorite is the Sparkling Dragon Fruit Lemonade. If you want to try Odyssey Mushroom Elixir, you can take 20% off your purchase today with code CWPODCAST, all one word, at odysseyelixir.com and all of that information can be found in our show
1: notes or link tree on Instagram. I know that you did a book all about boards mm-hmm. in the past. I'm a huge yeah. board maker. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, even before I have to say like even before boards got super trendy again, it was just like it's such an easy thing to do especially when you're entertaining like a spread and and then people got so incredibly creative with it too um but one of the things that is so cute and I was like I was like oh my gosh these are so beautiful you have little charcuterie board cracker bites in this uh brilliant bites book and I was just like oh my gosh this is so clever cuz you get all those flavors in one bite I mean it's pretty incredible but I guess my question in this is how do you kind of get the inspiration for the theme for the cookbook like what on this for example this time around why did you decide small bites is the thing um for this particular book
2: Yeah, yeah. My books are, they're quite the collection because each one kind of builds off the next and boards were definitely beautiful boards is my first one. And that's just, um, I was very at the very beginning of that movement, that board movement. And um, it's my baby. It is just out there all over the world. It's in five different languages. It is all truly all over the world. And I just love that because people are being inspired and it is, it's, it's a beautiful way to serve and eat. And there's not a lot of cooking involved. And it lets people serve themselves, which is, um, I, I think, a really special way to serve so that you don't have to force anything on anyone. People can get and choose what they want. So from there, I, I found that people, a lot of my boards, not just, I don't do just just cheese and charcuterie. I do a lot of that, but there's a lot of snack boards and build your own ice cream boards and build your own um, mac and cheese bowl boards and build your own salad boards, which is our family we have one of those every single week. We have a build your own Cobb salad board. And I just... Surround a big bowl of lettuce with any toppings we have in the fridge. It's kind of a clean out the fridge type night. And it has proteins and veggies and all this stuff. And we just build these big salads. So uh, we we eat a lot that way, build your own, create your own plate, that kind of thing. And so that's what spreads. My next cookbook was all about was Spectacular Spreads. And it's a spread of food for every occasion that go, that includes meal spreads for the family to holiday spreads, to party spreads, and just anything, dessert spreads, anything you could imagine. And within that, there are 250 recipes built to every single spread comes with all the recipes you need to recreate the spread or mix and match and maybe just make one or two foods the spread. And in of those 250, I would say almost half are bites. They're little appetizer bites, small bites, and people just are drawn to that. They're easy to make. They're cute. They're fun to serve. And everybody likes bite-sized food. Everybody likes to eat with their fingers. You don't need plates. You don't need utensils. And so that's really where I just kept thinking of all these little bite-sized foods. They're just a great way to serve an appetizer or just put a spread of different bites out. So people who do like just a little bite of this and a little bite of that will have it just there for them so they don't have to, um, think and they can just try and eat the creation. So that's where the next one came from. I was like, people just like little bites and appetizers. And I'm going to just going to hone in on that for this next book. Yeah. I love that.
0: And I'm curious too, what is the, um, trial and error with these recipes? Like you said, like you get these jolts of inspiration and you, Is there like, what, what, what do you say is the trial and error between like idea and then what makes it to the book or the blog?
2: Yeah, I, I, I will make them until they're perfect and I have a lot of taste tech. testers and hard critics in this house. So I will run it by them and a lot of my friends and my team members to see their feedback. And and I will make it over and over again until it's perfect. And it comes back to the recipes are really easy. They're not, they're not hard. They don't require unique ingredients. They don't require a lot of time. So I can, if I don't love the way it turns out, I can loop around and, and, and make it perfect. Um, But it does, it takes, I mean, the cookbook takes about two years to create. Um, I've, I've released one every two years so far. And it's a process. The recipe creating process is a lot of work. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of grocery shopping. It's a lot of standing in the kitchen and just thinking, thinking and adjusting and and perfecting it. Because I'm putting this into a book that people are going to buy and put in their homes. And most of these, most of my books are on display in people's homes. So that's such an honor. And for I'm I just feel so flattered that people are even like making my recipes and I don't want them to waste their time and I want them to be enjoy it. So yeah
1: it makes, yeah, it makes perfect sense. And I'm curious, I think some of our listeners might be interested in, you know, you really built this brand over the last 11 years too. And, um, I think like any insight you'd be willing to share, especially something that you kind of organically fell into, obviously it was something you were good at and you're passionate about prior to having this opportunity. Um, with the with the blog and the flower company but then but then branching out on your own too like and the evolution of it and then becoming a cookbook author multiple times over and having this you know well-known blog and and constantly um having output too but maybe also like the evolution of creating this brand and letting it grow and become something, you know, something new, having new phases. Um, is there any insight you would want to share, uh, about that process? Like if anybody has, is an entrepreneur or has their own brand or feels passionate about something, but isn't quite sure either where to start or, um, just, do you have any advice over what, like over any of this that you've just learned through your own experience the last 11 years with the Baker Mama? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's really
2: hard because none of it was mapped out. None of this was planned. Every, every turn along the way, every bump, every, you know, speedway was just kind of presented itself. And that's where I just really held, I, I have some strict, you know, with myself, I'm strict with myself about following what I'm passionate about and doing what I love. And if I'm not excited about it, if I'm not passionate about the opportunity, or if I do have an idea and I am passionate about it and I am excited about it, then I'm going to pursue it. And so it just takes a lot of determination and hard work and, um, just a, a true underlying passion. Like I love what I do. I love doing this. I will stay up all night to do, do what I do. And I will, I, my, the community of followers I've built over the years, I am just value them so much. And so I want that them to feel valued as well. And to feel um, that, that they are part of the community. And so I will, I will do whatever it takes to, um, to communicate with them and to make sure they have what they need to recreate or, or do what um, I've shared, you know, advice for them to do. So as far as like, just general advice. It's hard because I feel like we're in an age where just social media and the online world is ever changing. So I that the one thing is you just have to kind of roll with it. You have to be open to the changes that come along with it. You have to be open to try new things. I put off everything you could imagine. I put off stories forever. I put off reels forever. I put on like I put it off until I felt comfortable and confident and excited to do it. And then I did it. And then, and there's some things that I've done that I'm like, "Mm, I don't really love that. So I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to invest that time and energy into that. Um, And so I back away and you just learn from those experiences and then you grow from that and fine tune it into that brand that you are proud of and the consistency of it. I really am passionate about sharing what. I want to share when I want to share it and, and staying true to who I am as Megan Brown and the Baker mama. And what you find is very consistent. I, I share what we're enjoying. I love, you know, and, and it's just, you can, I hopefully see that and I'm not trying to be who I'm not. Um, And you can easily get caught up in that. And I just, I really, really take a step back a lot and say, I don't, I don't, I'm not going to pressure myself into doing that because that's not me. That's not who I am. That's not who the Baker mama is. So I'm going to stay, stay in my lane and do what I love and share what I am passionate about.
1: Yeah. I think that's great advice just in general, because I I do think the internet, like, especially in this online content kind of world, as you said, is ever changing. And there can be, even if it's like not really conscious, I think sometimes pressure like, oh, they're doing this. Should I be doing this? That kind of thing. And as you said, like just remaining authentic to what you care about, what you're passionate about and what rings true for you. I think that can probably apply to quite literally anything yeah. right in so life.
2: Important. At some point it's hard. Like it's, yeah. it's definitely hard. And I, I, I know that it takes a lot of work and just a lot of focus to remind myself that like, you know what, you have to, you know, you just can't get caught up in that. And I really, um, I, I get proud of myself for not trying to be like everybody else and not feeling the pressure, not feeling like I'm not doing good enough or I'm not, you know, um, I am, I am the Baker mom and people follow me for what I have shared and who I am. And I'm just going to give them that and wherever that goes and however that, um, you know, whatever path that, that takes is how, is how the, it draws out to be. So,
0: Yeah. No, it's such great advice. And I'm curious too, because I feel like this comes up a lot with women and working mothers, especially, but this concept of like work-life balance, right? Cause, and you have four children, <laughs> husband, <in> a husband and a booming business, right? So I'm curious, like, what are your thoughts on work-life balance and how, like, what does balance mean to you?
2: Yeah. I mean, balance is my number one priority. I want to be there for everybody. I want to be everybody's, I want to make everybody happy. I want to please them. I want them to feel, you know, feel my love and attention at all times. And that's hard. I'm not saying it's easy at all. I'm fortunate now that all my kids are in school. So I dedicate that time or I will stay up. Like I said, at night, like when, when the kids are home, I really try to be present and family meals are really important to us. And then once they're in bed, I might have to get back to um, the passion of the baker mama that I have in me. So um, I think that that's been my general role is to, um, you know, my family comes first. So if there is a situation where I need to be with them and the baker mama takes the back seat, then that's what has to happen. I do have a team of four amazing women who work for me. And so I do have that pressure too of like, I am provide. you know, I, I they are relying on me for their their jobs and they, you know, it's, it's a very different, um, you know, job to work for. And so I do have that pressure of like, okay, I have to be there also for my team. Um, and I just really come back to like, what is important, What I gotta prioritize, what can what can take a backseat right now, and what can't, and then I communicate that with everyone. I think that's so important too. Is like, okay, I'm Mama is in the middle of a really busy season right now because we're releasing this book, and I might be gone, you know, here and there. So I communicate that with them, and they know, and they're so proud of me, and and we 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 get we everything everything lined up as as needed to make sure everybody is taken care of. It takes a village. Um, I have amazing parents who help out. I have, um, a babysitter who is amazing. So, and my husband is so hands-on, like he and we're, we're an amazing team to make sure all the, um, wheels are, all the wheels are turning at all times. He has a very important job too. So, um, so just yeah, it takes a lot. And um, but if you're passionate about it, like I would not do this if I could not balance it all. Like I would find a job that is a little bit more consistent and more, um, you know that I can control a little bit more. This is this is the there's and no day is the same. I do not have a set schedule every day that says at eight a.m. I'm doing this and at nine a.m. doing this. That is not how this works. And if I get in the kitchen to create a recipe. I can't guarantee it's going to come out perfectly that first time. And I am not going to need to spend the next three hours perfecting it. So, um, yeah, it just comes down to prioritization and balance and just really pouring into, um, what's important. So,
1: yeah, thank you for sharing that. I'm sure a lot of people can relate and it's good to, you know, it's good to remind us all, I think that like we can't do it by ourselves, right? It takes community. It takes, whether that's with our families or with, um, you said you have a team that works on Baker Mama. Sometimes like these things become bigger than ourselves. And so it takes um, a lot. There, you know, there's like the glossy sort of, Uh, version of a brand perhaps like that we all see, but that there's a lot of moving components and a lot of people behind it oftentimes. So it's, it's a good thing to remember. Um,
2: Yeah. And that's an important part to expand on. Like I didn't have a team up until about a year ago Mm
1: -hmm. and
2: my husband was one that really encouraged me to build that team out. Mm -hmm. Um, because I would, I would stay up all night working on Baker Mom stuff. And he's like, this is just not healthy. Like, I know you love it. And I know you're passionate about it. But there are parts of this business that you that other people can do better than you and that you can outsource to. And you need to do that. And so that, of course, has been hard for me just to give up because the brand is me. And it's really, really hard to give up that piece of my mind or that piece of my um, self to let someone else run with. And so that part of has been really, really growing for me. But also, the part that I love the most is being creative and connecting with my community. And so, everything that I've outsourced is so that I can get back to doing the creative and the community um, part of the business. So that the, you know, there's a, with a business, you have paperwork and you have all this stuff that emails and all the stuff that you have to do um, that's not you know, charcuterie boards and banana split bites. Like it's not all in the kitchen that other stuff has to be taken care of. So, um, that has been huge getting, being able to let go of some of it and let other people. And that was with parenthood too. Like I was very much, my husband traveled when our kids were young and, um, he was gone four days a week when I had three under three and I, um, thought I could just do it all myself, you know, and and sometimes I have to because we were in a situation where we couldn't hire help, and um, but then when there were you know opportunities where someone would offer to bring me a meal or offer to watch with my kids while I ran to the store or whatever that may be, I had to learn to accept that help, and and um, that's been the same with the Baker Mamas. So, I yeah. I tried to do it all on my own, but you can't, you can't. Yeah,
1: really, yeah. I think really awesome kind of. Points for all of us to remember, and I think also too that have that trust or or even I know it's like scary sometimes t- to allow other people in, especially with something like the Baker Mama, which is like your creation and your brand and your you know um you are the Baker Mama, yeah, the face, like, it's yeah, the fake. face, it's like, my, you know? it's, yeah. yeah, but it's, to it's take that that risk sort of, um, but without that risk, there isn't the reward or the growth. Um, and so, you know, and sometimes I'm sure it takes like a lot of, you know, refining over time, but to, to, like you said, be open to accept that help. Um, I think in order to also preserve your health, which then also long-term, can help the brand grow or you to be able to expand on your own creativity and do the things that you are the most passionate about mm-hmm. I mean it's it's a it's kind of like a I think it's a really important thing for all of us to sort of remember because sometimes, yeah, like you said, like it's easier. We think we can do it for ourselves, but we can't, we're a human being. We need yeah. to yeah. We need to accept help and we need to embrace community for that sometimes. And um, so thank you for sharing that part of your story as well. Because I think it's also, because we have so many of these sort of like internet brands and we're one and you're one and, and yeah. there's so many of them out there. It's important to, I think, talk about like three... The reality part of the Instagram versus reality.
2: Yes. Yes. It's so true. I mm-hmm. so true. And you can only share so much, you know. Like I used to share a lot more of behind the scenes, but then, you know, that takes time and that takes yeah. time away from the families. And um, and so then I, you know, you just have to really, you know, put your foot down and focus on what's important and what you want to do and share and how you want to see, you know, the brand evolve. And, um, yeah, it's just, it's a lot. So it's not, I'm not saying it's easy or there's any, you know, one way to one way to do it successfully. That's for sure. Um, it's definitely a trial and error and one day at a time.
1: Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing all of this with us. And as you, I feel like this is a good segue into, we do these three wrap up questions. We ask all of our guests. And so this is a good segue into the first one. And I'm curious what your answer is going to be. Um, do you have any daily self-care rituals or practices and any non-negotiables for taking care of yourself during the day?
2: Yeah, I mean, I don't have like the probably the perfect routine everybody wants to hear about like skincare and uh, what I eat or whatever like that. But as far as like I do one thing every day and that is important to me is that and that is being active, moving my body, whether it's a walk or a good hard workout. Um, I try to do it by myself because it's my time to rein myself in. I am a creative. I am all over the place. I want to do it all. I want to I'm thinking of all these things and I have to just kind of get myself centered and reign it all in. And I usually do that with like a good long walk. Um, if I can, like that's if I can get a 45 minute to an hour walk in and listen to just some, I, I have kind of like a motivation playlist that I listen to. It's sometimes the same songs over and over again, but they get me thinking and they remind me like what you're doing is important and what you're doing is, you know, give yourself some grace and that kind of thing, just to give myself just a good, start to the day. Now this is of course not until nine 30, 10 o'clock in the morning because I have to get kids to school and all that. Um, but I do that every day and I feel better. I feel more productive. I feel more creative. I feel more confident. I feel just, just that good balance and structure to my life. If I have that, take that time to myself to really just escape and think. Yeah. Well, thank you. The next question we always ask is what does being courageous mean to you? Oh, gosh, I think it's like taking a chance um, and giving yourself, you know, the permission to do what you want to do, follow your dreams, like just really... Get like, give yourself that permission and that pep talk to do it, I think. Um, And then do it. That's my biggest advice to people who ask, like, how do you, what do you recommend I do? I said, just do it. Like, share what you want to share, get out there and do what you want to do. And, and the, you know, the worst that can happen is that you decide it's not for you and you move on to that next dream. Um, And so, yeah, I think it's just taking that chance and then just having confidence in yourself to succeed at it. Because if you do have that confidence more than likely more times than not, you are going to succeed. So,
1: yeah, thank you. And then, so the final question is it can be on any topic, but do you have a book that you would recommend to our audience? Um, just something that's meant something to you personally throughout your journey. Yeah, I thought
2: about this. I wish I had more time to read. Um, I, I, You know what I say? I always say, like, I don't have time to read, but I do. I just don't make the time to read. Um, I need a week-long vacation on a beach with no kids to read. But um, the most recent one is a book called Creativity Unlocked. Um, it's written by Chris Lemery, um, who I now know him because we've talked a little bit um, in depth about um, his creative work in this book. And it hits home for me because, it, because I am so creative and I have to really channel that in the right ways um and really um keep that creativity in line. Um and I have to understand it and use it in certain ways. And so that book was really insightful and just inspiring for me as a creative person. Um, and it just found I found that it was um just comforted me in knowing that yeah, I do have a brain that kind of thinks a little bit. I'm not differently, but it's just, it really is a, it, it's a unique um, way of thinking all the time. And it's, it's busy. My brain is busy in that, in that way. So that, that really helped me hone it in and, and gives me permission to, to do it, you know, just to like, let it go, let the creativity flow and just follow those, follow those ideas and passions and um, see where it takes you. And find joy in it. I think that was another big part of it is like, find the joy in it, find the, you know, the peace in it. And, um, and so yeah, I, I found that and I reference it a lot. It's more of a like, it's a motivational read, but also a very like read you can reference and turn, turn back to. Thank you.
0: That's such a great recommendation. And I love that. Um, yeah, joy is so important too, to yeah. remember um to bring into our lives every day. So um thank you again for everything you shared with us. If anyone wants to find you, follow you, buy
2: your books, where can they do all of that? So sweet. You can find me on thebakermama.com and on all social channels I'm out there. I love sharing. So Instagram at the Baker Mama, Facebook threads, um, YouTube, we're out there. Um, and you can buy my books anywhere books are sold. So online and in store. I'm so proud of that. They are out there. I love that independent bookstores carry it. Walmarts and the targets of the world carry it. And then these cute little boutiques all around the world carry them. So go find yourself a copy and enjoy.
1: (laughs) Thank you, Megan.
2: Thank y'all so much. It was a pleasure.
1: Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Courageous Wellness. Tune in every Wednesday for a new episode featuring a different guest each week. Subscribe, rate, and write us a nice review. And you can also follow
0: us on Instagram at Courageous Wellness or get in touch via our website, www.courageouswellness.net, where you can also find additional info about our health coaching services, virtual group events, newsletter, and more. Until next week, I'm Allie. And I'm Erica. And we're Courageous Wellness.